Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Broken Foundation podcast. My name is Finbar, and I'm here with one of my bandmates, Thomas, from Below the Neck. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. How are you? Yeah, oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a fun week. We just had the Outbreak Festival announcements, which were pretty hype. So what's your initial thoughts on them? Dude, I love the fucking drama, right? Yeah. So, like, I think it's fucking amazing. I think it's super cool. I think that, you know, a lot of people are getting really upset because, like, this is a hardcore festival. And, I mean, sure. But, I mean, after kind of experiencing Outbreak and also, like, music festivals in general and just general shows... Having different acts makes it really exciting, you know? I don't, I mean, four straight, I mean, well, man, you know, on the Friday, which was our, you know, the hardcore day, I was exhausted by the end of it. Dude, it was intense. Imagine three, four straight days of that. But um, no, I think, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised, you know, especially by like, like Denzel Curry. That's amazing. That's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm super stoked for Denzel. Uh, Death Grips. Converge, Code Orange. Mm-hmm. Whether or not Code Orange are good is a different matter because they might do their weird, wacky bullshit they like to do. But uh, I'd love if I think that it will be a great time. I mean, we went to Outbreak together this year. It was our romantic getaway. Oh yeah, and like it was just the fucking time of our lives. So definitely stoked to to go back this coming year. Dude, absolutely, it's going to be such an amazing time. And I mean, the thing is, I mean, you know, people have been seeing as well. I was quite a lot of repeats, but you know, I mean a lot of favorites a lot of still solid acts I and mean, ultimately it's the first wave you know i mean we've been ever well ever since outbreak we're like right who's gonna be on the next Ooh, we want orthodox we want foreign hands we want you know boundaries I, yeah i can't stop talking about boundaries so we'll see i'm sure boundaries will come up a lot in this uh this pod. oh yeah so yeah so for those who don't know uh thomas is the vocalist in um the scottish metalcore band below the neck which i also happen to be the drummer for uh thomas was the first vocalist we tried out for the band and he was the last vocalist we tried out for the band because he was fucking baller. So, and what he really um, means by that is that we live in a very small city, and there are no <laughs> other vocalists, so he had no choice. <laughs> That's not true. Um, but I guess, like you know, maybe um, you tell the, the folks at home, like, how did you get into metal? I think you're not really a metal kid. No, like, not at originally. All. And then you know, it's in I say later life, but it's like later teens early 20s you really kind of got into metal and hardcore so why don't you give us a little bit of like your ends to the, this crazy kind of world when i was like in high school i mean the thing at the time was dude it was like hard style oh my god like that was like my first sort of thing that i got super addicted to music wise um so like oh, i was that little asshole that had like the heli hansen jacket and the v cut like oh dude i'm so glad that those photos are long gone but, they're not Thomas. Um, yeah, they're in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure you took photos of them too. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so I mean, it, and then I can't remember what it was, but I saw it. It was like one Christmas or whatever it was. And I saw like Guitar Hero advertised. And I was like, that looks so cool. And it was Guitar Hero 3. And man, it was just absolute bangers. Like Tenacious D were on it. I remember Avenged were on it. And, you know, obviously a lot of these were like, gateway bands and i was like you know what you know metally stuff's kind of cool and i mean obviously listening to like i don't know i think the first emo band that i really got into was the rasmus if you ever remember them into the shadows Mm, oh my god and i don't know and then then uh, yeah i mean like going through like guitar hero and it was the likes of like you know lincoln park 
you know, your gateway bands like um, Avenged and whatnot. And it just, from there on, it just went heavier and heavier. And after that were bands like All That Remains. And, you know, I was like a super, super big, like, metalcore kid and still am. You know, we're like, oh, we're a fake hardcore band now, sure. But <laughs> I'm a metalcore kid. You know, I like my clean choruses. But, I know you uh, do. <laughs> and my deep, my deep Vs. Good God. And the Save Me's. <laughs> metalcore 101, <Peoples>. baby. <laughs> but um nah so it was you know it was it that's kind of how i came into it honestly guitar hero that's what it yeah. is yeah it's quite funny i guitar hero is definitely an answer i think you probably hear from a lot of people uh sort of similar ages like obviously you're a bit younger than me but in our sort of age band there's definitely a lot of people who kind of exposed to heavy music through stuff like guitar hero that was like a gateway especially as a holdover from when new metal was big and there was like mm. guitar music was still big. Me and Andy talked about this uh, last week, I think it was. But then Guitar Hero was like the extension of that into younger people's pop culture, like video games, which mm-hmm. was the part for young folk. So yeah, I think it's it's quite interesting. And another thing I was just thinking as well is hard style is obviously quite an aggressive, abrasive style of music. It's yeah. just not done mm. with you know our instruments. So I yeah, wonder I mean, if you know that, kind yeah. of tooled you a little bit towards that kind of style oh definitely i mean you know i I guess there's there's absolutely a translation there i mean i can't even remember what point it was where i kind of really i I definitely switched and i think i switched when i found it was like in my last year of high school i think is when i definitely did the final transformation and then that's when i'd found like bands like Whitechapel. i think that's when i was watching like a lot of like scuzz and kerrang and whatnot still yeah, and I found like Alexis on fire, I, and I found you know that's when like the micro genres, you know, started to become more apparent. I'm like, oh, deathcore is pretty cool. So what? Obviously, you're a vocalist. So what mm. was it that drew you to vocals? Obviously, I think you've got quite a unique voice, speaking wise. Mm, to me, it's very unique. Was that a factor in you wanting to do vocals, or was it kind of just I like people that do this? I'm gonna try it. So, here's an interesting fact. I am a musical dum-dum. Really? Oh, mate. Oh, my God. Maybe I only, both honestly, within the past, like, a couple of years, I only really found out what Discord was. And even then, I just know it by the sound. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like, I'm a... It was... Right, so what it was was... It was in high school, and me and one of my best mates, Liam, we went to download, right? And then my childhood best friend, Shane, we went to download that year, right? And the reason we went to download is because it was 2014, and Hybrid Theory was being played in full by Linkin Park. And that was everything. You know, that was also such a, a, a very early album for me that I really got attached to and we thought you know this is going to be absolutely insane you know we're like 17 18 going to do like our first big festival experience and um you know that lineup in general was stacked you know obviously like i said super into avenged at the time and all these sorts of bands and trivium and whatnot i think trivium were that year but yeah it was just such a stacked lineup so we went down we saw that and i remember as part of the uh, lincoln park set um mike made a speech you know just about you know general metalcore 101s you know give that speech <laughs> get on the floor etc no um <laughs> but it was like you know he's like just talking about living this dream and you know just being on the road and playing these shows with his mates and whatnot and i was like it just felt really inspiring if i'm honest at that point i hadn't really had a thing you know i'd like to play video games i did sports but i you know i went to starting uni but i hadn't really like figured out that side of me like mm-hmm. i didn't have that like passion you know so i was like huh that's really fucking cool. 
So I kind of went away and I'm like, you know, being a, how could I be in a band? And I'm like, well, I can't fucking play drums. I definitely can't play guitar. And I can't even play bass. And that's basics, fuck. So I was like, maybe I could do vocals. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So I was driving at the time, you know, driving into uni and whatnot. So I just like started fucking around initially. Um, you know, I was on like Reddit and just YouTube videos. I'm just trying to find everything because living at home with the family as well. I'm like, am I fuck going to start busting this out? Like no chance. So, you know, the driving time was my rehearsal time and it remained my rehearsal time for even till today, you know? So yeah, then I just kind of like started fucking on with vocals and I was doing singing lessons eventually just to get like the basics down. And yeah, I started to get more comfortable with it. And I think like a couple of years passed. So that was like 2014, I started doing vocals. And I think, you know, I tried to like start my own band up here separately. Um, but I was like quiet. Like I did a couple jams. I did jams with Nathan, you know, before. Oh, and Elias, dude, yeah. So our, it's not going to be super interesting to, to the listeners who don't know, but I'm pretty sure the first band of people that I actually managed to get in a room was Ross Garrow, Ross McFarlane, Nathan. Rob was supposed to be there, but he pushed out for some Southern Thrive Dad Rock that you would know all about. <laughs> Wet. He's like, oh man, I want to write Mad Architects riffs. I was like, okay, mate, sure you do. Um, <laughs> he actually does. He actually does, though. He, he writes some rad, uh, really cool riffs and stuff. But yeah, uh, he just the, the allure of the Southern Fried Dad Rock of King Cobalt was just too much for him. Dude, just uh, he's just kind of, it's the Jean Jackets, you know. So good. Um, <laughs> and I don't think we found a basis, but we started to do jams, and it just kind of fell apart because. I was super awkward and had no idea what I was doing. And I think, you know, like, I mean, even Ross at the time would have been super young. He would have been like 16 or something, I think, you know? Yeah. I mean, Ross, now Vinny, like, uh, has been going for a long time uh, already, even though they're super young. It's mm. like, they've still been doing it for a long time. Uh, yes. 2015, 2014, I think they might have started doing stuff. Not sure, but it's been a long time. But even then, I mean, it's a new environment, new people. It can be, it can be difficult to kind of gel together and mesh like that. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. So yeah, it was just uh, just super weird, and it kind of fizzled out. And I was trying to do other things, still jamming away in the background. And then, yeah, ultimately, once funnily enough, once again, I was on my way to download, um, and I saw Connor had put the post up in the local musicians page, and I was like, you know what? Why not? And mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of since then. You guys, for some reason, decided to keep me around, and yeah, that's that's the rest is history. Yeah. So from like, I kind of told the story about you coming to rehearsal for the first time. I did it with that. I think it was Dylan because mm. they just got a new vocalist. Mm. Yeah, um, sick. From your point of view, what was it like coming into that, and like, how how do you think it went? I mean, I'm I'm incredibly harsh on myself, and I think like you know it was very clear that like everyone else knew what they were doing. Like you'd been in bands since you were obviously a teenager. Um, Connor and Connor was still a teenager at the time. I'm pretty sure. Like he's not long out of his little pop punk band. Rory's been doing music for forever. So like, you, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are all like seasoned musicians, and I'm like, I literally scream in my car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, fuck, you know, I was like, well, let's, and, and uh, yeah, it was just like, you know, I'd never written music at that point. You know, I, I listened to music. I jammed along with it. Sure. But then I was in this zone. I was just so uncomfortable. I was just like, okay, let's just, 
you know, see what you guys are coming up with and I'll try and put my own thing in. And yeah, I mean, I just remember being so just super anxious, just so incredibly anxious. Yeah, it's funny because you had no reason to be. But I guess like, knowing you now as well, um, it's funny because you are very much perfectionist and I think you definitely hold yourself to quite a high standard um, across everything you do with the bands um, stuff and like even your, your personal life and things, you know, you it's one of the things I kind of admire about you quite a lot. Oh, um, no, it's incredibly true, toxic, though. but thank you. <laughs> it can be, but it can also be a very good trait as well. I mean, without those sort of some of those traits like you wouldn't be where you are today like that's Very just bad. like sure you know maybe it goes a bit too far sometimes and i think you know we all suffer from from different versions of that but yeah i, I always just i don't know i always admired how like you took things seriously when you know other people don't mm. and and yeah maybe it's you know i think we're both kind of in the same way in that regard we're both kind of like the maybe the stick in the mud for some people because we're like, no, let's do this right. Let's, you know, smash it and stuff. Mm. But, you know, it's just, I can't, I, I can't do it a different way. I don't know. You that, seem like maybe that's the same for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know. I just, I just um, have this thing. I don't know. It's, it's really strange where it's just like, you know, I like to be busy and I like to keep doing things, but at the same time, it's like, I just can't imagine myself being, most of words not comfortable but just like there's always there's always something better you know like even now vocals i mean i've been doing vocals for like coming up a decade nearly when i think about it and like even now you know i mean we're preparing for potentially new recording and whatnot and jamming and etc and i'm like even then i'm still trying out you know for new vocals and better tones and you know like especially you know certainly one thing that's become more apparent especially post covid is you know like the live shows and just becoming a better front man performer you know and cuz i think you know as a as a band what we really pride ourselves on and what we want to deliver are these really energetic memorable shows for people you know yeah 100% that's like my number one goal i think i've always kind of i want to emulate the the every time i die um standard in mm. you know that kind of like really hard working live band that have a just a mad as fuck live show like you know you're gonna have a good time that, that's the one thing i want people to that have never seen us leave going damn they were good dude you know absolutely. like and it's that thing of you know i've said it a million times to people if you make a mistake on stage don't pretend like you haven't because nobody cares yeah like calling bands you know uk even though it's technically in their name so it's not like <laughs> Uh, Aspire UK were never called Aspire UK. I'm pretty uh, sure they were. It was on the poster. <laughs> no. And uh, in my in and in my youth, in I, I was youth. I was technically right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but I mean, I, a good thing was is you know, sorry to 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 interject, but I think Ireland. You know, you talked a lot about Ireland with Andy, and I think you know that's we're a band. Nobody knows us apart from you know who Evan had so kindly dished us out to everybody. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, we're in a brand new place. Nobody knows us. And, you know, in a, in a world where there are so many bands, we need to be memorable. And one way that we can do that in that moment is by playing hard sets, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's funny, like, in terms of the uh, the sort of frontman aspect of things, I always think you you do a really good job of that. You definitely come into your own with that. Um, especially, I think definitely post-COVID, I think you've done really well in coming out on, like, as a stage persona even though it's just you but like it's just amped up a little bit 
But while it's, you sort of mentioned earlier on, but it's a funny joke like that we've had for a long time is like Uh-oh. the Metalcore 101. Yeah, <laughs> um, like because I, I obviously, you know, I'm sure someone else said it before, but I coined that phrase and I thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. But it's basically that thing of like, how many bands do you see that just copy what they saw a bigger band at bigger venue do? Yeah. You know, like, and it just it always comes across fake. Oh yeah. Like I think once you're at that level, it's just like, okay, that's what big bands do. Yeah. And I guess there's the element of, you know, pretend to be a big band to become a big band, as a lot of people seem to say. Mm-hmm. It just comes across as inauthentic to me slightly. What's uh, what's your sort of take on, where's the line on authenticity compared to, I'm going to try a bit tonight? Yeah, I get it. So, I mean, it's, when I when I started, I mean, that's all I knew from, like, the bands I'd seen and who I would try to emulate. And I think I, like, figured out from, like, my first couple of shows, I'm like, you know what? It's actually really fucking cringe. It's not me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, to almost to be like, you know to build our own brand and to build my own brand as a vocalist i'm like well i'm not very you know routine driven you know i think there was <laughs> on the, the the downbeat podcast there was you did a section when what was it called it was something along the lines of i found a band staged choreograph um oh routine yeah yeah the routine and i was just like yeah i mean it's entertaining and i mean you know there's definitely a place for it but i i just i very quickly figured i was like this isn't for me i'm a big goof i like to smile i'm not a hard man i'm very soft i'm very delicate i like to smile as i'm screaming at people and i like i like a wee jiggy i like a wee boogie on stage you know i like and i i I found that you know once i started doing the things i enjoyed doing i just felt a lot more comfortable and a lot more i just felt like i was a better front man because i wasn't being fake you know, yeah, I think you know. I've, I you know you you throw in the typical like, yeah, how are we doing? Is like, nah, come on, give me a bit more than that. Like, you know, take a step forward. You know, engage. You know, there's there's definitely a couple of things you can throw in, but ultimately, be you. Just be you. Be genuine. Don't don't just don't be fake. People don't want to engage with fake people. You know, I see at, at the end of the shows. You know, I'm like, hey, come say hi. Or if not, I'm gonna come say hi to you because I want to. I want to know who you are. I want to speak to all of you. You know, you've given yeah. the time to watch us let's let's chat let's hang it's all about you know meeting new people and whatnot and it's 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 funny i know i'm rambling but one thing that i love to like just take the mick at is just to be like super inappropriate with the 101s so like (laughs) dude like so when we got the opportunity to open for see space cowboy you know that was like a pretty big show for us and we're like oh dude we're gonna play with cauldron graphic nature and see space cowboy this is gonna be a heavy show it's gonna be so funny and i'm like dude I'm going to fucking T-pose. I'm going to T-pose as we open. And I just remember everyone getting super shitty and just being like, please don't. I'm like, I'm going to fucking T-pose on everyone. I'm going to ask them to get on the floor. I'm going to leave them there. (laughs) It's it's all that stuff. Like, you know, I think, you know, if you've got a very engaged audience, like that stuff's fine. Like, even if it's maybe, you know, pretending to be a big band, like, as that sounds worse than what I'm meaning, but you know, it's the fake it till you make it thing. Mm. If a crowd's really engaged, you can do that stuff. It's totally fine. But see when a crowd's not engaged and you're doing it because that's what you've written on your set list that you're going to mm-hmm. do it then. And I was like, oh God. I mean, I've got bad knees. Like, I don't want to go on my knees to jump up unless, like, I like it. <laughs> you, know? a, you tell you what, I'll tell you what from personal experience. There's a very big difference. I think I went to a local act where they asked to do it. And I was like, this is not the vibe. There's like 20 of us here in happening. And then when I went to Slipknot at Download for Spit It Out, 
that, there's a little bit of a difference, you know what I mean? Just, just a smidge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the first time I ever even saw that whole gimmick was Slipknot doing it for Spit It Out, probably on the Disaster Pieces DVD, I think. Mm. And even then, it was a lot of people like telling them to fuck off, and you know, they're like, "Get down on your knees, motherfuckers," and all this kind of stuff. And I always, you know, I call back to something else you said earlier on about being uh, a very smiley, you know, person on stage. I'm exactly the same. I am, unless I'm absolutely thrashing it, like I am just fucking ear to ear grinning the entire show. It's like my happy spot. It's what I like doing. It's all that kind of good stuff. And yeah, I think yeah. it's so funny. Like, you know, I've, I've had it said to me before, you know, we're like the nicest bunch of dudes who are just like pretending to be a hardcore band and stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, like absolutely. the music we play is not how we look and act. Uh, no. But like, there's no pretense with, you know, with us, in my opinion. Uh, like what we do is what we do. It's just like, we just love it. We have fun. We go for it. You know, like, yeah, we might go, okay, we'll wear this on stage and, you know, stuff. But that's just like, I think like you got to kind of do that. You know, I've spoken about that with other people as well. The, the you know, sort of image and things is important. Mm. And, you know, for photographs, yeah, you need to look blankly off in the distance and, you know, imagine your first love hating you or whatever. I don't know. You know, like, that's, yeah, just, yeah. That's, that's just the rules. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you but know, sometimes, it's... sometimes I'm grinning like a fucking idiot. So exactly. it's fine, you know. And I, I, I like that. Um, I think we're kind of mostly on the same page in our band and a lot of bands I know in that kind of authenticity realm is like quite important to us. Dude, absolutely. I mean, like the, th the thing is, we're just we're just being genuine. And I think at the end of the day, regardless of, you know, wherever we go and whatever we do, we can just be happy of just being like, you know what, we're just being ourselves and we're just having a good time. Like, yeah, we might, you know, maybe we take things a little bit too far. Maybe we try a bit too hard, but it's because we care, you know, it's not from a bad place. But, you know, like there's those moments where like, you know, I, there's, oh, you know, we're really in the mood of it. And like I turn around and I look at you, you know, I'm like put my feet up on the kick drum. I'm just yeah. like, like going back and forth, like fucking like cheesing at you. Like, this is so fucking sick. And you're like, I can't tell because I can't see, but sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take your word for it. I, yeah. You guys are having a good time. It must be good out there. Exactly. Yeah. But like, dude, I'll be like smiling. I'll kick Connor in the back. I'll go and I'll throw Johnny about or something. You know, it's just, it's a bit of fun. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love the, the sort of live element. Um, I guess, the, you know, the other side of the band, uh, the recorded music side, the writing aspects, things like that. Yeah. Obviously, we went and recorded with Lewis. What sort of things did you learn with the recording process uh, with Lewis Johns, with Andy uh, Coghill, who we recorded our first EP with? Mm. Like, what sort of things have you managed to pick up? Like, you know, for those out there that are maybe going to record for the first time as a vocalist specifically, because you're the first vocalist I've had on, like, what are good things for you to learn? I think... In a way, um, so I think overall it was successful, and I think you know I'm, I'm I am happy with with what we delivered. You know, I'll 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 pick up imperfections. You know, like I've I've listened to it to people and they're like sick, and I'm like, you know, I actually did that, and I kind of fucked that bit, and they're like, couldn't tell. And I think that's one thing as well as you know, don't be too harsh because the likely it is is you know the general listener is not going to pick up on you know all these mistakes or what you may think is a as an inconsistency. But you know, I mean, what I actually did was I actually worked with a, a really talented vocal coach guy called Marcel, um, who I'd met through 
Reddit and Discord actually. And, you know, I kind of went in with the tracks and we kind of worked on like, you know, um, lyricism and, you know, where to, you know, what points to breathe, you know, how to, how to write the song, um, you know, are we going for all mids? Are we going to throw in a couple of highs or lows for flavor? And we kind of, yeah, we kind of just, you know, got the vocals sorted and, you know, we did a lot of pre-production. We know we did, um, you know, we rehearsed and rehearsed and um, we got the demos professionally produced. So I think, you know, like we, we did prepare hard, but I think what didn't prepare me was almost like the, you know, being in a studio for like, it was only five days. I mean, it was, well, an entire day of traveling either side, which is quite tiring, but just, you know, the vocal rest side of things was quite harsh because I had to do two songs in one day. Um, and the thing is, what I found was my vocal style at the time was very intense incredibly intense it's a loud scream you know like yeah. um, there's many vocalists which have a very you know a vocal fry based technique which is you know very very uh you know minimal airflow and i've never been into it because i want i want power and emotion and you know I, I have a lot of inflection in my vocals which you know some people may not like but to me it's showing that that emotion that i'm trying to convey um so you know and in order to do that it's a lot of power um, and I think that definitely took out of me and, you know, learning from that, I think just constantly developing technique and reassessing and, you know, just not so much never being happy, but just kind of just really picking apart your, your self-performance and where you need improvement. And I think one of that for me was just a little bit of endurance. Um, so that was, that was definitely one big thing to work on, but you know, it was, it was a great experience. And I think one thing that I'm really looking forward to doing is a lot more pre-production um, cause that was, you know, obviously that was my first recording experiences. Um, and you know, why it's weird, you know, because I'm musically dumb, I can't explain or, you know, not so much explain, but it's, it's difficult for me to convey or understand how certain effects or, um, sounds will come into the recording. So to me as a vocalist, I'm like, I need to make that. So unless I am unless I am producing a studio level vocal live, I don't understand how I'm gonna ask Lewis how to make that happen. Um, yeah, if that makes sense, you know. I mean, so say, um, let's take um, Flame Lurker or Sever the chorus or the the middle eight, whatever you want to call it, in Sever with the talking vocals. That was kind of a surprise for everyone. I mean, I talked about doing it, but I think in my head I had such a clear vision of what i wanted it to be of this sort of dual voice inside your head and i think lewis absolutely delivered on that but i just i at the time i wish i had like almost like a, something in writing or just a better way to convey what i wanted out of my vocal performance you know yeah yeah because i think it was very much like ah uh, i kind of want this but it's like well it's a heavily edited vocal to do that so how do i actually perform that into a microphone mm -hmm. you know it's a very yeah. it's a it's a really weird thing so i think what you know now that i've got my home set up you know i'm wanting to do a lot of recording and demos and also mixing it my own vocals to try and figure out ah that's how you do that and just get a better yeah ultimately get a better understanding of my instrument um because yeah. i have some very cool ideas which i've not talked about but i've got some very cool ideas <laughs> <laughs> no i i think um you know, on, on the vocal side of things as well, I feel like you've kind of um, settled on like kind of like your vocal style, at least maybe not uh, sort of like you think oh, I've mastered this, whatever. Mm. I feel like you've you've stopped trying to do other people. 
absolutely so much uh especially like i think you know in the in the loops post covid i think like you've definitely gone in more into like no this is what i'm comfortable with this is where my vocals feel best and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i think you know that's just that's just really cool um as a bandmate and getting to see you like not kill yourself you know four nights in a row and stuff like that uh, you mm. know quite good because i've done shows with people before and their vote you know their voice is fried after one night and it's like we've got our three to go you know are you gonna be able to handle this like because yeah. you know it's it's not fun to push through that and you know potentially hurt yourself more you know what's the it's just you know it's you know fail to prepare prepare to fail all that kind of stuff you know dude absolutely i mean like talk about ireland for example because it's not only just what you're doing on stage it's um the after as well i mean the thing is what, what kind of sucks sometimes and i th- I, th- I picked it up from cam i know you would you know he was unwell on the Sunday in Ireland, but like he he was a bit fried, or at least I could hear it in his voice. He was so tired. But what doesn't help is being in a fucking venue and people are like shouting at you to talk because everything's so loud. You've just done a show and you know, you just kind of want to whisper, but you've got to shout and keep up, and then that wears your voice down. And I don't know if you've ever spoken about this, Finn, but we love stupid drives, don't we? Oh, baby. So what? Oh, don't we <laughs> What doesn't fucking help? <laughs> no, we, is... we like stupid drives and we like not sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's we, you know, barely resting and having to do shows and talking to people all the day. Yeah, it can be quite intense. But like, honestly, honestly, for Ireland, I felt great. I felt like I could have done another week. I felt really good. I like, you know, I looked after myself every night and I felt really healthy doing it. And it's just, you know, these years of doing things wrong and just making these, you know, little adjustments and just always practicing, you know, like, yeah, I practice when we rehearse the house of the songs, but you know, I spend a lot of time fucking around tones, just generally keeping up to date on my own instrument outside of that, you know, and it's really important to do so. Mm. It's funny, I noticed you talked about like how you felt, like you felt quite healthy and stuff. Mm. Um, for those that don't know, you are like me, straight edge. Uh, Absolutely. Superior in every single way. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, do you think that that has made a difference to your ability to do vocals live and like, uh, say, I mean, it was usually me or you driving most of the time until mm. I can't drive anymore. Um, so, like, maybe you weren't drinking as much in, in that sort of regard. But have you noticed a marked difference from once you stopped drinking um, now to your vocals and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it's really strange because I spoke to Xander a lot about this because he could he can have a couple of pints before a show. You know, for him, it's just this. You know, it's a really it's just it's just part of it. And I don't know what it is, but I get super like just super gassy and heavy if it's you know spirits or ciders beers whatever it is i just felt like super disgusting Mm -hmm. um and like when i'm I'm, like i said i like to move so when i'm like two-stepping on stage when i'm jumping about when you know and like i said because it's such a loud belty scream it would just oh man it would just be like a super bad reflux um is what i had so like you know definitely stopping drinking which you know no i wouldn't say it's part of it it's just a, it's just a, a positive but yeah it definitely helps but you know just i've got a good routine you know like um before you know before we go on i'm doing my warm-ups i do my throat singing um i'll always have like a pint of water um you know and i'll try and stick to water as much as we can on shows and just just eating well and also like not eating like three hours four hours before a show i can't eat before a show yeah i can't either um and this wasn't something i noticed until probably the tour with baylor i think Mm. 
like I was like, oh yeah, it's fine. I'll just grab some dinner once we've sound checked and stuff. But like, I can't do it. I, I like if we're playing at like nine o'clock, I could probably eat maybe about four. Yeah, like a sandwich or something. Fuck, like a Burger King or anything like that. McDonald's, nope, that's like too much. It's like it's just makes you feel sluggish. I I think anyway, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, but dude, like Limerick was a killer. Like when we're on it, like what eleven nearly. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, it's like you know, it's like six, seven, and I'm like, nah, there's no point in eating. It's like a festival saying, and I'm just like, nah, I'm not gonna eat. <laughs> it gets to like midnight, one in the morning, and I'm like, I'm absolutely fucking starving now. But the show's and there's over, nothing open. And there's nothing fucking open. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, it can be pretty God. brutal sometimes. Um, I mean, on the sort of topic of straight edge, obviously it's a yeah. thing we have in common, and I think it's quite interesting. What was the the sort of impetus for you deciding? to sort of follow uh, a straight edge lifestyle mm -hmm. um was there anything in particular that did it or was it kind of you just sort of fell into it and it's kind of easy to you know have that as a thing you know someone's like oh you want to drink you're like nah i don't drink mm -hmm. like what you know at least you can go nah i'm straight edge like i don't drink and some might get annoyed at that or whatever but like what was the sort of like how did it all come about for you so it's, you know i mean when i go back to when i was younger so i lived in kolboki so for people that don't a shithole in the middle of nowhere. It's actually a lovely place because, well, for like the <laughs> I mean, though, ten people that live there. Didn't we have all these, but that's the thing; nothing happens. So, like, anytime I needed to go somewhere, right? Say, if you know, because all my mates lived in opposite the Black Isle, so like it's it's maybe fifteen miles in terms of like distance. But the thing is, there's no public transport, so I need to get my parents. But like, my dad would be working away, and I'd have like my younger sister. So my mom would need to stay at home, and I'm like, "Hey, mom, I want to go to a fucking house party down and blah blah blah." And she's like, "Oh, I've got your sister. You know, your sisters are asleep." Blah blah blah. And I was just like, "Fuck!" So I can never really get out. So I didn't drink much, but it wasn't until like maybe I was like, "Yeah, like you know, like there was like the occasional thing, but it was never like a big thing in my teenage years, up until my final year of high school. I was an absolute fucking savage." Um, and then like you know, first year of uni and all that. But I've never been a massive drinker. Like I've never. I've never been like, um, you know, like, oh, it's a Friday. I'm going to buy a crate. I'm going to have a couple drinks over the weekend. And, you know, like I don't have a drink with a meal. So it's never been like a massive thing in my life. And I think the issue, not so much the issue, but what I noticed was because I never regularly drank, whenever I did drink, it was always big. You know, it would always be birthdays, weddings, um, you know, significant dates. And what that meant is having a whole night dedicated to it. And I just blow out. You know, yeah. I go so long without drinking. I'm like, I'm going to have a big night. I'm going to think I'm a fucking hard man. Like, dude, at Rory's birthday where, like, I drank my crate before, like, it's midnight. So and I'm like, Finn, I'm going to get fucking smashed. And like, you're like, okay, bud. And I'm like, Finn, I'm fucking stupid. Can you take me home, please? And you're like, yeah, bud, let's get you home. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> that was so funny. And you just had, like, your, I think you had, like, four beers left in your, like, 16 crate or whatever it was. And I was like, you want your beers? Like, yeah. He's just like cuddled this like crate in the car and then just like moped <laughs> off at the house. And I was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> You're a fucking moron. And that's like the only time I've seen you wrecked as well. Like, I, I've been wrecked with you. Uh -huh. Like, and I'm all, I was always way worse wrecked than you were. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, that's like the one time I can remember when I was like, Wow, Thomas is drunk, and I'm yeah. absolutely fine because <laughs> I also yeah. wasn't drinking and thriving. But yeah, of course. So, dude, yeah. So, but then like, it kind of got to not so much a point, but COVID obviously happened, and I think at that point I was like, you know, I, I, I've, I've said it before. I'm like, I don't need to drink when I go out. I really don't. I can go out and have a great time. It doesn't bother me at all. And I think 
I was like, well, why, why do I bother? Like, I'm just, I'm just not that bothered. You know, I think it's, it doesn't do anything for me. And I think now that I, I also have a young son in my life. And I think one thing that kind of makes me sleep a little better at night is, you know, if there's any trouble or if I'm ever needed, I'm ready to go. If that makes sense, you know, yeah. like rather than be like, oh, I can't, I've had a drink, you know, like ultimately, fuck it, I'd go regardless. But it's just like, I don't need that. You know, I'm ultimately my son will make whatever choices he wants to when he's older. That's what life's about, you know, making your own decisions. But I think I'm here for a long time. You know, I've got plenty of things I want to do and plenty of th people that I love and care for. And, you know, I care very much about physical fitness and looking after myself mentally as well. And, I'm just not that interested. I'm just really not. I think I've had my fun with it. I'm married. I've got my, I've, you know, I've got a young family, and I've got places I want to go, and I just don't have time for it. It does nothing for me. Yeah, I think once that once you start getting really any positives out of it, it's kind of pointless. I know it's like it's a, you know, it's a, it's almost a national pastime at this point, especially mm. in Scotland. Um, and it's just like whatever. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like. I mean, we joke constantly about how much of a piece of shit Connor is for not being straight. <laughs> but like, you know, it's it's like I don't actually care what people do. Like they are no. one, and you know, like you said, you know, your son can make his own choices. Uh, I my son can make his own choices. You know, a little bit after yours probably because they're he's a wee bit younger. But mm. you know, like, and I'll I'll help him make those choices you know, um, if he wants to, because I'd rather it was me helping him than some random dude on the street or whatever. Absolutely. But, you know, that's just, it's just my personal choice. I think, you know, you're very much the same way. It's just your personal choice. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and I, like, you know, I think, like I said, it's, it's, it really is about just doing it for me. You know, I'm doing it for me and I'm setting an example for like, you know, my son to also be like, look, you don't, just don't have to you know you you, made, you touched on a big point about like you know in scotland and almost this this culture that we had and i know it was like in high school and ultimately hey i don't know if it's still the same it probably is but it's just kind of like look i think once i like became a lot more confident in myself as well you know there's obviously that peer pressure element to it but i was like you know what i just don't drink that's me i'm comfortable and yeah you just mm. accept that well like it, it's it's but it's weird man see when you say you don't drink to people and you know what's really weird as well as they assume you have an issue like um, because the thing is i've got two options someone asks if i want to drink right i can either say no i'm straight edge and they think wow fuck yourself <laughs> or two no i don't drink which they automatically assume uh oh you have a uh, you have alcohol issues and i'm like well no i just don't yeah. drink you know like fuck <laughs> why do you have to put a fucking thing you know why do you have to put a label on it i i definitely got around that a lot with oh no i'm driving you know yeah. i've got i've got the drum kit i need to drive home after with the drums and stuff like that that was like a good like gateway into me stopping drinking at gigs and stuff so much mm. when i first started like playing in bands again like 2016 or 17 whatever it was i did drink but i couldn't drive so we would always get lifts with the drums and stuff and mm -hmm. all different backline um so i would always quite often have drinks and i remember we did uh, a headline show uh, Ironworks and I got fucking rars before it. Like I was way too drunk. Were you? I yeah, don't way too. Oh no, this was um, this was King Cobalt. Ah, I got you. Um, and this was I was like so drunk. Um, <laughs> fucked up the entire intro to the set and everything. It was so bad. Was this um, when you guys had the walk on? Yeah. Oh, the Terminator theme. I fucked <laughs> it so bad. And it was even better because it got filmed. <laughs> 
so bad. Oh, who filmed uh, it? Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? He was the bassist in Bloodlines. Steven, Steve, I can't remember his surname off the top okay. of my head. But he it exists somewhere. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure one of, I'm sure Ken's got it, I think. Uh, but it's just like, fuck me. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's not usable. I was like, damn it. Sweet. Uh, but, you know, it's like things like that. I was like, you know, these things, you know, mount up and just, what's the point? So I guess on a slightly different sort of, of tangent, give us a top five bands are kind of your main inspirations right now as as you know a developing artist and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff uh, and it could be from like a quote-unquote business standpoint you know like the sort of the other work that goes into being in a band or is it just from a purely like this band are fucking killer like yeah what sort of bands are, are doing that for you right now see it's so hard because i constantly swap like it's interesting i was trying to i was trying to think of like who my all-time top 10 like top my all-time favorite artist is and honestly i really don't know i think you know a lot of people have like personal attachments to it but there's just so many diff like it's just constantly evolving like at one point i fucking loved corn and corn was like everything even even the dubstep album the dubstep album was fucking Dude, hard that album's great i really says. like it <laughs> exactly but i mean for right now in this moment artists that i am absolutely rinsing and as i said earlier boundaries boundaries are being absolutely rinsed right now um I think, you know, Connor's taken a lot of inspiration from recently and what he's kind of doing with our stuff and just like, you know, for, like I, 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 it's interesting. I, I found that I really latch onto vocalists more than the bands. Like yeah. I've come across like a lot of bands where like the instrumentals are really tight, but the vocals just don't fucking do anything for me and it completely ruins it. Mm-hmm. But like, man, bound, Matt's vocals are just insane, just so emotional and the lyricism, super unique and also just an absolutely disgusting in band like my god like it, it actually pained me i shed a tear uh when i could go to impericon last week dude ah. it was so bad i it was i remember we were like in the middle of the daytime like if we left now we could <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing it's so funny like the thing is there was like after the burial spite who would have been cool but like i was looking at all these bands i'm like i don't care i want to see boundaries the opening act on this and then fuck off yeah totally um, so, so boundaries. So, the, what's their latest release called? Because I think I heard a track off it today, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Oh goddamn, dude. Uh, hold on, because I'll, I'll bring it up. Because it is, it is burying brightness. The new album, burying brightness. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so fucking good. It's wild. Honestly, God. like I mean, we we were like super at boundaries like, a couple of months ago uh, when we did the worn out tour this side uh, of the UK. Mm. We did. Um, and it was like we were just jamming it in the van the whole time. So fucking good. And then the new album came out or EP or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like you were just like, listen to this. This is the best thing ever. Um, I was just being such a dick about it because like I remember like one day I was just in work and I was jamming it and I was just so hyped. I put into the chat and I'm like, I don't think you guys understand how good it is. And Connor's like, I do. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You don't understand how good this is. <laughs> Like, this oh, is the fuck. best thing ever. <laughs> it's like I know you're agreeing with me, but just, just it's so fucking good. But yeah, man, it just, it just, it just gets that itch, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, who else is on there uh, for you at the moment? Um, Greyhaven, Greyhaven, definitely. I've been listening to a lot of them. I kind of, you know, I, I kind of, I released a new album, and I think it was like March, April earlier this year, and I rinsed it, and I kind of left it for a while, and then put it back on again somewhat recently and once again just such a you know super chaotic band but once again the vocalist the vocalist is just absolutely fucking phenomenal 
Yeah, I like I like their style. I, I I remember you sold me on them. I basically been like, if you like every time I die, you'll probably like these guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was listening. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> oh baby, this is the good stuff. And yeah, I, I really like um, the vocalist. Uh, he's quite like a, a unique sound. Yeah, which I I unique sounding vocalists are something that really attracts me and and definitely Rachel. Um, she really likes like very unique sounding vocalists. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, it's, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I mean, especially since you know, obviously, everything that happened with every time I die. Um, although they are well, at least the former members are recording right now. Interesting. I know. Interesting. I saw. I saw, I saw some stuff on Insta today. Yeah, and I was like, oh boy, dude, Goose I can't is, wait. He's recording drums. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you know, it definitely feels edge. You know, he's got that real sort of like southern twang that you kind of feel. Just yeah, ever suit, just you know, super. You know, Cal's Cowboys as well. I mean, although I don't listen to them as much as Greyhaven, you know, they're definitely filling that that every time I die void. Who were supposed to be at outbreak, and who we also had tickets to see in fucking Glasgow with Jesus Peace. I know. Uh, I never got to see them. Dude, that was that would have been the fourth and fifth time I got to see them uh, and got cucked. Very upset, but it is what it is, you know happens uh, yeah um, but i mean so i mean yeah i mean i've not been listening too much every time i die recently but oh, man other than that counterparts their new album just once again amazing brendan's an amazing vocalist once again super unique vocalist and also just yeah just fucking amazing um who else have i been rinsing recently i was rinsing the new orthodox i've kind of left that for now because i've i've really really rinsed it but yeah, yeah orthodox is super fucking good um and another one that i go back to i think i've mentioned that before was dark complex oh yeah i remember you were talking about Su you know the super like new metal band um who are broken up now great but yeah just i dude i'm all over the place i mean dude i was actually listening to some k-pop today it was, i don't yeah i was all over the shot i'll just mix up the playlists you need you need a palate cleanser i mean this coming from me and i exclusively listen to like aggressive hardcore uh, pretty much the whole time mm. um, but there's like sometimes you just need a bit of something um like um our friends in Luren, they just uh release something at like seven o'clock today i haven't had a chance yet oh it's really really good but it's like it's really bright sounding it's really like like as they're going in for that like hyper pop style stuff i love it yeah I love um it. on top of the chaotic hardcore band that they are um but it's like just some of the, the i don't they do something to me like sonically with their music i just it's very emotional uh for me to listen to and it's more from like just like the arrangement of everything mm -hmm. and how cam and, and the guys in, in luren do that is there i mean i guess that's a slightly different thing Do, does that ever happen for you where it's more of like the instrumentals and the arrangement that does it for you is it really only ever the vocals it's like the focus because obviously that's your instrument yeah i mean we had we had a chat about this i think when we were getting a coffee once of like sometimes i just can't hear certain instruments and i don't know if it's because i'm like so fixated on the vocals but like i'm like you know you're like oh i love it because the drums do this and i'm like huh i just kind of hear drums it kind of obviously work and now you know obviously but I'm, I'm more into it i can pick apart exactly how he's i can visualize how he's playing it a lot better but, yeah you know, like previously like dude like as far as i'm concerned the drums are just kind of fucking magic and doing their own thing but like with vocals i can clearly be like oh he's you know he's he's doing it like this is you know it's it's you know it's super bright his mouth super wide you know really you know i'm just i'm picking it apart to see how he does it but i know i mean there's definitely moments where like i really do pick apart and i'll i'll even actually listen to but yeah if i'm listening to instrumental stuff it's usually like really chill like um 
almost like Japanese hip hop, you know, like I, I, I was super, super into like arts, like Nujabis, Shingo 2, that sort of vibe, just that nice, you know, literally like girls studying all night to fucking whatever, those types of mixes. Yeah. That's my instrumentals. You do a lot of the PR um, promotional sort of side of things for Blow the Neck as a band. Does that come from an, a, a place of that's kind of like how the sort of stuff you like to do, like organizational, um, all that kind of stuff? Or, and does it come from a place of this is something I can bring to the band as someone who can't write music like myself? Mm. I do a lot of the shows and stuff. And you do a lot of the PR promo stuff side of things and look into that sort of aspect. What sort of things do you enjoy about that? And is that kind of a large impetus for you uh, in the band? Yes. I mean, one thing that kind of became quite apparent is, you know, as we, we, we tried to do this properly was just kind of like, huh, it turns out that you actually need to do this yourself. And, you know, so in what I do as a profession, you know, as a as an architectural technician, you know, I'm very used to programming and dealing with clients and, you know, just sort of just making shit happen. Um, as we love to say. So I kind of, you know, I mean, I, I, I didn't know, I had no idea what to do, but certainly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm the type of person who's able to investigate and just figure it out. Like I said, I'm a big musical dum-dum, never mind trying to like, I don't know, market my music. I haven't got a goddamn clue. So, you know, we, I mean, you know, we felt a lot of it was trial and error. Um, but you know, although it, you know, it's, it's the least fun. Um, you know, there's a lot of satisfaction in like making things work, you know, behind the scenes that, you know, that I enjoy in my job. It's probably, you know what it is, it's problem solving. And that, that is what my job is, you know, of, oh, okay, right. We've got a tour. Okay. Well, the problem is, we need vans. How, how do we travel? Where do we stay? Um, you know, the, the logistical challenges and also just like, okay, how do we get gear in? How do we, you know, have we got the gear? Are we rehearsed? Just how do we put together this program to make sure that we're able to play the music on the day? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also when it came to like, you know, the, the um, yeah, what, I like, I like having things in my control and, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of tried like having, well, we kind of tried getting other, not so much other people, but we tried sort of having other people try and make it work for us. And it's very clear that it it, it just didn't, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, we or you know we took it upon ourselves to like you know for the CP and for these singles that we've just done for the likes of Blight, for Sever, for Amygdala, you know, taking the time to like you know do these seminars, you know, Baroness Consultancy with Steph, for example, she's been a massive help just to help us look inwards as to like, you know, where we think we are and where she thinks we can improve and what we should be doing and how we should be thinking. And, you know, I mean, man, we've been doing like all of these seminars, which have just been so useful. Um, and, you know, I love it. It's, it's learning and it's progressing and it just makes me feel like we're getting closer to the goal. So that for me is really satisfying. Although, yeah, the marketing's not fun and it's, you know, it's quite anxious, you know, makes me quite anxious reaching out to new people that probably, you know, you know, what a big thing, I asked was like, look, I'm obviously trying to speak to people because I have an agenda, you know, like ultimately, yeah, I want to socialize with people. Absolutely. But I'm like, Hey, I kind of want you to book my band or I kind of want to talk about my band, but I can't just write an email that says, Hey, listen to my band and book my band, please. Thank you. You know, there's, there's a, there's a dance to it. Um, 
I definitely, I definitely think there is a dance to it. There's also the the element of um, I think you generally have to enjoy, you know, talking to people and just yeah. like like I'm. I've said this a million times. Enthusiasm is infectious to me. I love it. Right. Yeah. So when I um, when someone else who's in a different band or they promote shows or whatever they do, if they're like super into it, I'll whatever it is they're they're doing. Like I'm probably gonna have a great time talking to them about it, mm-hmm. and like we're gonna foster a good relationship. Cam uh, from Lurin, Cameron Wilson is like mm-hmm. a perfect example of that. He was just a dude who just went on. I think it was like one of the metalcore groups on Facebook and was like, "Check my band out, check my band out," and he just did that everywhere, right? Mm. And then normally I like never really look at these sorts of things uh, unless I'm like in the mood for looking for new bands and like I'm interested. Um, unless there's just, you know, something grabs my attention, like the artwork or a snippet or something. Mm-hmm. But there was something about the way you described the band. I can't remember. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. You know, what, what, you know, what's the worst that could happen? It was a free listen to a song and see what it's like. And that, that song ended up being Agnostic, which is my favorite song they play, apart mm-hmm. from Poison, which is like a, a later single they did. Yeah. And I was just like immediately... I was like, "Ad friend," I was like, "Hey man, I fucking love this. This is so good." And um, and I think it was maybe like a little bit of. It's funny because I'm just like very much a lay your cards on the table kind of guy. Like, this is I want to do stuff for you. I want mm-hmm. I want our bands to play together. I'll I'll book some shows up in Scotland. Uh, if you're able to, could you book some shows down in Manchester and you know that sort of area? And we just like let's make something happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you know Cam was probably a bit like okay this is a bit weird like why does this guy want to play shows with us or whatever there must be like some ulterior motive but literally i'm just like no i like your band i just want yeah. to play shows um and like i just there's something there's something to that that kind of that connection between people who just like love playing gigs love the music they do and cam's one of those people evan from worn out is one of those people liam oh, and Berwood is amazing. one of those people you know like the people that I still have lasting friendships with in bands, they're always the bands that are like down, they're just down to cloud. Like, yeah, let's do a fucking show. Let's make mm-hmm. it happen. You know, maybe at first it's a little bit, you know, let's see if this this is like legit, if this is, you know, not an idiot dealing with. But like all those people, like, you know, I might not speak to them all the time. Like I, I mean, Liam, for example, Bitwood haven't spoken in ages. And then he just picked me a message the other day and it's just like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And it's like catching up on all things mm-hmm. that we've been doing separately, you know? And it's, I think, you, you know... know that... Yeah, it's it's that thing where it's like when your friends are doing good, it makes you happy. You know, although like, yeah, we want to be a, you know, we want to be a band too, but you see when you see your mates doing cool things, it's so awesome. Like, it's so rewarding, man. I love it. I, it was like, we've talked about this before, seeing uh, Worn Out headline The Siege of Limerick, you know, being on that midnight slot. Oh, yeah. And there's the moment where Xander... Uh, is crowd surfing, doing vocals at the end of one of her tracks. It was like the last uh, track in this set. And like, I have goosebumps every time I think about it. Like just seeing him literally just like on a sea of people, this room's packed and he's just going ham on the vocals because that's what Xander does. He's a fucking legit dude. And the sound is incredible. And I'm just like, that's my friends. Like, and that, that made that experience far more uh like visceral far more uh just like it's it's stuck with me and it will stick with me for a long time dude like, i mean that absolutely. visual the sound 
the feeling, like the temperature of the room, everything is like ingrained in me from that night. And I played a show that night. <laughs> yeah, know? no, no, that's the thing. Like we we had that we had our moment, you know, and we loved our moment. But it was just and even watching Lauren, you know, because the thing is, like so you, you touched on was like, you know, of us three were we we were the different bands. We were the we were the the flavor, we were the spice, you know. And certainly I thought Lauren were because, you know, like that chaotic math core, chaotic metal core, however you or hyper however you want to, you know, they're doing their own thing, but like god damn man, they they fucking they they put on a goddamn show. That Bane cover they did was oh, ridiculous. Dude. And you know, like the people that saw it fucking loved it. You know, they mm. came into one of the most, you know, this this metal festival as as and just just killed it. And they did, yeah. and you know, and they had, you know, just watching, yeah, and then like you say, worn out, you know, just getting getting what they deserve, you know, this this amazing production and you know, every reception that they got was amazing. And, you know, and I was super, super honored, you know, for Xander to ask me up on stage and we we had like our little moment. And it's like moments like this, you know, I mean, ultimately I'm going to be an old miserable fuck even more so than I am now. <laughs> uh, yeah, boy. Um, but, you know, like, and hey, maybe this isn't going to work out, but like ultimately, you know, like I'm going to be old and I'll be like, you know what? I met some amazing people and I watched them live their lives and be you know just super happy and i got to share that with them and and that's that's fucking worth it you know that's awesome yeah i, I mean we've taken this in a bit of a tangent but i definitely think that's kind of like quite <laughs> like no but in a good way like you know it's yeah. an important thing to take from this you know from from anyone who's in a band and it's like yes we all want to be progressing the whole time Yes, we all want to be doing these bigger shows and, and going and doing things. You know, a perfect example. Look at Bleed From Within, who I mentioned in the first episode. Yeah. Like, they're on, like, a 48-day tour or something. Dude, it's with, with With fucking August Burns Red and Devil Wears Prada across mm-hmm. America. That's so fucking tight. Like, say what you want. Like, that's a band from, like, Glasgow, Scotland, Central Belt. Like, they were, like, dudes like us who are all incredibly talented, all have the drive... They are. They obviously are perfectionists. They get opportunities and they fucking take them. Mm-hmm. So that's another really important thing. They don't piss about, obviously. And look at them; they're just smashing it. Like True. it's so inspiring to me. To, and like I don't know any of those guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And none of them will know me, I'm sure. And I, where you know that's just someone else in my scene. You know, a, a contemporary is probably not the right word. They're like a echelons away from us. Mm-hmm. seeing them, what they're doing is just so cool and then on you know on a slightly smaller scale seeing worn out doing that in ireland was so fucking cool mm-hmm. you know it's, it's that it's seeing people i love and trust and appreciate as a musician as a person as a human like having those moments where i'm like yes like this is so fucking cool mm-hmm. like i know the work that goes in behind what they're doing so I, I don't know it just gives a different level of appreciation and i think like you've got to hold on to those moments for yeah. yourself and for your friends and that's the other thing as well is like don't be afraid to have friends like uh um, oh yeah like i feel like some people think like oh it's it's not friendship it's not it's a business it's not the you know nah, fuck them fuck you it's like <laughs> there's elements of that sure i'm like yeah you know you want to be on things and you it maybe there's slight competition and stuff like there but at the end of the day like my friends are my friends and I'm going to be happy for them if they get opportunities I want because 
I would hope they would be happy for me if, the, you know, we got those opportunities. And just, like, be there with your friends, celebrate with your friends. Don't be afraid to gas up your mates who are doing well. Mm-hmm. Like, and also, you know, if your friend's been a shithead or if your friend's, like, you know, really fucked something up, be like, look, dude, like, come on. Let's let's talk about this or let's think about this because, like, something's gone wrong here. And, that you know, that could be their personal life, you know, like take a look at the last three years uh, in the music industry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how many times could people have said, look, mate, you're being a fucking cunt. Stop. And that maybe would have changed things. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people take that on board now. A lot of people do that. But it's that thing. You've got to take the rough with the smooth with your, you know, in in a lot of bands and stuff. And by that, I don't mean you keep fucking idiots around and all that sort of stuff. I mean, like, someone's starting to be a moron. You tell them, like, look, come on, man. This isn't cool. Or like, you know, the way you're talking to these people isn't sound. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, no, like, I mean, absolutely. you should have a higher state for yourself, but also look at what you did. That was fucking awesome. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like hi, uh, share those joys with people because, you know, sometimes they're few and far between. So take the victories for sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, there's almost like uh, not so much a, a, a saying as such, but you know, it's like, yeah support your mates because ultimately they're your mates and they're fucking cool people and they equally deserve it but the thing is is come up together bounce off of each other you know what i mean like take an example bring me the horizon and architects Mm -hmm. they came up together you know i mean i don't know the fucking ins and outs of it and whatnot but like just what what better feeling see like see if you could tell me that like in 10 years i would be doing like huge shows with Warren out, Bitterwood, um, hey, fucking guys and waves slept on, you know, all all my mates and all, all of these bands. I'd be like, that would be fucking amazing. I'd love nothing more to do yeah. to play shows with my mates, you know, to be to be able to go to these places and have these experiences. Like that would be a goddamn dream. But um, yeah, I guess I suppose to, to go back to the original topic and maybe to to, to close it off. I guess it's, it's it's yeah, none of that will happen unless I do this. You know, like, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a drag. Maybe it's not super exciting, but I'm also, I'm self-aware enough to be like, when it comes to the music side, the the the, the 30 minutes on your stage is 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 a reward, you know? But like all the hard work that goes on in the background, that needs to happen to be able to have those moments, you know? And I yeah. want to play more shows and I want to play bigger shows. Like I said, I mean, ultimately for me, my dream is to play Download. It's actually to play Outbreak now as well. But, you know, that's where it started for me, you know? And yeah. since that moment, that's what it's been. I want to play download. I want to play download. And I know that to get to that point, I have to do some marketing. I've got to speak to some people. I've got to figure out the release plans. I've got to do these things because I want it. I want to do it. And that's, you know, it's exactly that. Do the thing. Just do the thing. I'm yeah. a big musical dum-dum. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm doing the thing. I'm just, I'm making it happen because I've spent the time to figure it out because it's what I want to do. Yeah. Just do the thing. Do the thing is like that's definitely like a, a phrase we use. Like I think me and you more than other people. It's like just do the thing. Like you've got to get through it. You can't go around it. And sometimes you, you put it off, and that's fine. But ultimately, if you do want to progress, I think you do need to quote unquote do the thing. Absolutely. Um, taking it as like you know, kind of going towards the end of the podcast now. Um, each week, I like to ask my guest, uh, you know, what's the number one passion in our life that isn't music. Mm. Um, and we've talked we covered a lot of different things uh, we're very close friends so um why don't you tell us you know what's the things in your life that keep you going when it's not music or 
or or work you know just music no i'm fucking um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite answer <laughs> you know what i actually music is all it is no yeah so like i said i mean you know i'm a family man so that you know doing things with my family just watching my boy turn into such a just such an awesome dude you know to just such a nice genuine you know like just just such a fucking awesome dude you know it brings me so much happiness to to just watch him flourish and turn into this this little person with no judgment you know just to let him be who he wants to be and do all those things that's super awesome and obviously spending time with my wife and planning all these adventures you know we got married last year and we've got the rest of our lives to look forward to so that's super sick but um you know personally for myself you know like growing up like i said i was in the countryside there wasn't much to do dude i was a fuck like i I was a nerd like dude video games video games constantly like world of warcraft oh my god like dude i'm pretty sure like my playtime for that game is over a year like i don't and i don't mean just like you know i have 365 days of time it's fucking disgusting you know and likewise even with other games as well oh like dude just like fucking RuneScape, dude. RuneScape, like, dude. I was like super into COD, like just just everything. But the thing is, you know, ultimately, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, man, it's such a waste of time, you know, doing all these things. But ultimately, it makes me happy. It's a very, you know, these especially the RPGs, you know, especially when they've got like such like deep lore and stuff. You know, there's there's more of a, you know, you, you care about you know a game series that's been out for like almost two decades or actually has been out for two decades i think with the rts's but you know like it's super engrossing and it's that little bit of escapism too where it's like you know what i'm fucking stressed out i'm just gonna go and play some fucking goddamn video games whenever i get a goddamn chance nowadays um (laughs) yeah you know so that's that's super and that's something that kind of takes me back to like you know being a kid where like you know things didn't really matter and you just hey just played some video games and things were cool saw this amazing fucking meme on tiktok where it was just like this guy like you know he's like oh my dad's stressing in 2000s and 2008's recession he's like fucking crying but he's just like dancing to like fucking what is it not we sports oh there's a fucking dad's yeah. game there. and i was like dude it's exactly that my parents are probably having a fucking terrible time i'm like this is fucking sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but then other than that something that i've kind of grown into um within the past year is actually voice acting or voiceover um and that was a really weird one um once again just kind of that whole like um just kind of figuring things out about myself and like what i actually enjoy and what i you you know like um it's it's a very unconventional thing i suppose you know it's it's not it's not well advertised or it's also like well how the fuck do you actually even fall into that but i was like you know what i love using my voice i love to perform you know like playing the shows with you guys and you know doing vocals and stuff and i'm like it'd be so fucking cool if i could like make a living out of that in any capacity and i was like matt you know like well this is that this is a thing and i was you know i kind of was thinking i was like well you know i guess my you know my normal voice is fine enough it's cool but then i was like well actually you know i do the screaming thing and i can do some cool vocal stuff that's not just screaming i've got you know a really good control of my voice i'm like shit maybe that gives me an edge and yeah i mean i kind of you know like i built myself a little home studio and you know i've spent some time like just sort of learning about the industry and just yeah i mean and managed to book several roles paid roles you know get involved with projects and just like you know yeah although it's on the amateur level initially you know just that feedback from people to be like i loved it it's great and it's like 
fuck you know that's just really cool it's just really cool and it's so fun man especially like the nerdy side of things where people are like you know i need characters for um you know like uh like a short indie game that i'm doing or i need characters for this and it's like oh it's so fucking fun man mm. but you know it's just it's just fun it, you know and ultimately hey i mean there's a good bit of money that could be made into it i mean you know the you know the personal goal would be to like maybe try and do this full time or maybe you know cut down on you know the nine to five hours so i can actually pursue something that is actually no it's not that my job's not an interesting job but like just something that i actually care about that's for me you know i'm not working for someone else i'm working for me and yeah. making my business and my goals happen so you know i mean i've, I've had to pull off of it recently just because of life in general and doing other things. But like, yeah, I'm really, I'm planning. I've actually, like I said, I'm in the studio, well, the home studio just now. So it's all ready to go again. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting back into it and really hitting it hard next year. Yeah. Is there any kind of like um, dream project or something you, you maybe wouldn't have expected you would want to do? Is there any any sort of goals like that that you have for your sort of voiceover career? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think for me, like, uh, you know, the, the thing is, there's so many like specialties. If it's like commercial, you know, your typical advertisements, ebooks, and whatnot, and all of them are a skill in themselves, and it's a completely different industry. But you know, I think for me personally, it's to to somehow do work for the industries that I loved growing up and the franchises that I love to work. You know what? If I could get into a FromSoft game, I would absolutely cream myself. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Like, the, the, you know, the Dark Souls series, you know, the Blizzard Entertainment, you know, the Warcraft series. If I could somehow even get into a minor role in that, I did, I would be just over the moon. And I think, you know, it's like, hey, that's kind of fucking impossible, right? It's like, well, if I don't set myself that goal, if I set myself that short-term goal, then there's no fun in that. Not for me. Like I said, I, 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 want, I want the big goals. That's where I want to go. You know, yeah. what's the point of setting something smaller? Ain't happening. I'm not going to be happy until until I get that. So that's that's definitely the dream. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny, there's a, something that we've spoken about before, uh, both with the band and the voiceover work for yourself, is um, set an example for, you know, your kids, our kids in general, mm -hmm. of, you know, following your heart as well as your mind for things. Absolutely. Uh, and not kind of just settling on, well, I did this at uni, so now it's my life. And yeah, well, that's life, the thing. You know. Yeah, I mean, I left uni. I, I, so this was kind of fucked up. Like, I applied to one uni and one course, and it managed to work out. And I've actually got off quite a successful career. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. And, you know, I, I do, I do really enjoy it. But ultimately, you know, it's very much, you know, growing up. It's you go to school, you leave school, you go to uni, you get the job, and you die. I'm like, yeah. well. That's actually really, you know, but this is what I mean recently, especially since the band, the band's really helped, is I'm kind of discovering things about myself. I'm letting myself discover things about myself. Like, you know, I'm a very closed book. You know, like I said, just the way I've been brought up and whatnot, I thought, you know, you go to work, you look after your family, you know, that type of shit. But now I'm like, well, who am I? You know, what, you know, and, and it sounds so stupid because to some people, maybe it's really obvious. But for me, it wasn't. It took quite a lot of time to kind of get comfortable with who I am. And like you say, I think it's, I really want to set that example to my son to be like, hey, you can yeah, go to uni or get a job and do whatever. But the thing is, just have that passion in your life for you, have that thing for you. And, you know, I've chosen two extremely 
uh, what's the word? Um, not so much like a non-standard, but very artsy, very high failure sort of sort of um, goals. Really, you know, I, I want to I want to somehow make a living being a fucking metal band. Nice one, smart, <laughs> more clean choruses, baby. Um, oh, yeah. And voiceover, you know, too. Just, but it's like, hey, you know, I, I yeah, I just kind of want to be able to see, you know, to lead as an example to my son and be like, yeah, I did that. I also did this for me and I want you and your little mind to just whatever you want to do, you can do it, you know, yeah. and I'll be there to support him all the way through it. Yeah, I definitely, that's, that's the, I think that's the, the dream as a parent, right? You know, mm. that, that's, that's my constant goal. You know, I always laugh, you know, someone says, oh, what, it, was, it was hard when I was a kid. And I always remember someone said, well, isn't that the fucking point? Like, don't you, don't you want it to be easier for your kids? Absolutely. Than, than you had it and, you know, I was very blessed, uh, very lucky with my, you know, my mom especially. Um, she's very caring. She actually looks after my son, you know, every every Thursday. Mm. And uh, they have a great relationship and she's so good with him. And it makes me so happy to be able to see him just comfortably like, I'm going to my granny's like, it's going to be great. He's only yeah. two and a half, you know. But then he'll come back and he's like, I'm going to play farming. And I'm like, cool. And he's like, but I'm going to watch Gabby's dollhouse and, He's not afraid to just enjoy what he enjoys. Yeah, obviously he's he's that young where it doesn't really matter what he watches or, you know, I always like encourage him. Well, you know, just, do you see any Barbies you like or, you mm -hmm. know, that's a nice color or whatever, and just let him make his own decisions and absolutely make sure he sees there's lots of options, um, because you know in ten years time, there's gonna be a very different <laughs> range of options for things. But I just hope he goes. You know, I I really like I like the idea of this, and I don't I don't want him to be afraid of failure. Because ultimately, that's how you learn. Mm. Unless you're skydiving, um, hey. <laughs> you know. Like it's, it's just. I feel like the world's far too full of people who are afraid to fail, and yeah. people who are afraid to try things and just give it a go. Um, and you know, kind of I guess kind of full circles on a lot of different things. But mm -hmm. you know, I'm seeing my. You know, my. We spoke about this before. You know, you see your friends doing stuff, and it's all great. You know, two two friends of mine, two band friends, you know, Aquias and, and Bloodsun are going out on a weekender um, starting today when this podcast airs. Mm. Um, and, you know, for the, you know, that's the first time they've booked any sort of tour or anything like that. And they're going out and they're, they're playing three different cities and they're traveling all around Scotland and they're doing stuff and they've got different support bands and different venues and sure of like giving a little bit of help, whatnot. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I learned all this stuff by just fucking it up myself. <laughs> you know ultimately uh but it's just it's just like i know the time they'll have will be yes. so good you know like and i just that just makes me so happy and like i hope that one day you know my son whatever it is he decides he wants to do you know whether it be football whether it be writing books whether it be reading books or being a, a fucking e-boy i don't care like <clears throat> whatever he wants to do and if he enjoys it and he it's his passion i'm like yeah i'll be there with you as long as he's not like a furry, you know, fuck that. But mm. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you're not saying no, though, are you, Thomas? Um, well, well. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, in full circle, I kind of want to wrap it up, but um, I generally want to thank you for being such a good friend and oh, thanks, man. such a large part of the band. And uh, I think, I don't think I would have really survived. The, uh, the two and a half years of my son, I had some severe mental health issues uh, after my son was born. Um, and you helped me through a lot of that. And I kind of wanted to publicly say, like, you mean a lot to me in that regard. Um, oh, shit, man. You always have. 
And yeah, I just think you're a cool guy and I feel very blessed to call you one of my best friends. So I'm going to give it a wrap now and, and give you your roses later. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but to all those listening, uh, please uh, give us follow uh, Broken Foundation Collective on all sorts of social medias. Um, Thomas is the singer in Below the Neck. You can find them on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything that's really going, um, Amazon, Amazon Music, anything you want. Um, and yeah, just, you know, keep sharing, liking the, the podcast. We're doing well. We're, we're growing each week. We're really excited. And as always, if you have any ideas for guests, just uh, give me a shout. Let's shoot them in. Uh, we've got quite a few people lined up now, so it's really exciting. I get to talk to people I like about shit I like. So um, once one last time, thank you, Thomas, for coming onto the podcast. No, thank you, man. And thank you for listening. Right. Bye-bye. See ya.